Well, hello everyone. I am Matt Williamson, and here's what I'm doing today: is going. I went to Ourlads.com. They do the best job, I think, of updating rosters and being on top of everything. And this is going to be a two-parter. I want to just talk about the rest of the roster. I think the first wave of free agency is behind us now. I don't foresee the Steelers doing a big move, you know, in the next 24 hours or anything like that. So I figured let's pretend we're in their shoes, take a step back. What are the things we need? You know, how are we going to fill out the 53? How do we project ourselves for uh, the best utilize the draft? Things we've talked about quite a bit. And today I want to focus on the offense. But before we do, and, and actually that might even be my article this week is, Okay, now where do you go picking from the bargain bin? Maybe where do you go pay up for somebody? Where do you what, what's a position like maybe corner that absolutely has to be drafted in the top two days? Just an overall strategy of where to go from here. So before we start with the offense, there's still a list of what they call free agents slash cap casualties, and all these players are former Steelers that currently don't have a home. Um, so they could be brought back. They could sign somewhere else. So just so you're aware, none of these guys are at the moment under contract with anyone in the league. William Jackson, okay. Tyson Alualu, who I expect to retire, but I don't know that he's even said those things. Derek Watt, Jeremy McNichols, Miles Jack, Terrell Edmonds is still out there. J.C. Hassenhauer. I thought they picked up a um, – I was wrong on him. I thought they gave him a one-year deal, but they didn't yet or haven't. wonder if they will now. I mean, the more I think about it, with all the center potential they have on the team. Benny Snell Jr. still doesn't have a home. Neither does Mason Rudolph. Marcus Allen. Chris Wormley. Jesse Davis. Miles Boykin. Trent Scott. Steven Sims. Zach Gentry. James Pierre, who I do expect to be back, and Carl Joseph. Um, of that group, a couple that I would certainly entertain right off the top of my head are Edmonds, Rudolph, who we'll get to. I'm just going to put that on the back burner. Um, Boykin, maybe Sims, Gentry, and I want Pierre back. I think that's something that doesn't have to happen. I mean, it's James Pierre. He's not Mel Blunt. But I would like to see that happen. So, all right, now we're going to go position by position and the other things they need to either fill out the roster, address a need, get a starter. And let's start with quarterback. I mean, we know Kenny's the guy. You know, Kenny Pickett is your starting quarterback until he proves he can't or retires after, you know, 18 years like Ben or whatever or whatever. But he is a, he's the guy. You build everything around him. Enough said. You don't listen to this to say Kenny Pickett's Steelers starting, starting quarterback. Mitch Trubisky. I know many of you wanted to cut him, and his $10 million is a little more than I thought. I was a little bit wrong on that. Whenever I did a, a, a podcast for you guys about Trubisky, I thought a lot of these backups or guys that were in his shoes would make more than they did on the open market. So you might have been better off cutting him, saving the 10 and signing Gardner Minshew. Because some of those guys signed for like four, five, six, you know, Baker Mayfield, those type of dudes. That being said, I think that ship has probably sailed. Um, maybe somebody offers you something if he gets hurt or he can't. But I'm happy he's here. I think he's a high quality number two. And the other thing you could do, as I mentioned before as well, is 
You could add another year to his contract, bring his cap number down dramatically now, and then you have a backup for the next two years, and that really eliminates that issue. Because a year from now, you need to find a backup for Pickett. So you got to start thinking in that capacity. Um, the Steelers are going to bring four quarterbacks to camp. They always do. They almost always keep three. So they have two seventh-round picks. I know people will lose their mind again, but much like they did with Awulakon last year, they might draft some project seventh-round quarterback that's a better than a camp arm. Maybe he's the number two a year from now if Trubisky leaves. But that still only gets you to three. So if Rudolph's still out there in a couple of weeks from now and wants to play for like a one-year league minimum, or maybe you could entice him to come back if you give him a two-year deal, basically ensuring him that he'll be the two next year or some other version of Rudolph, you know, somebody who's you know better on the block a little bit that's cheap. But they, do, they still do need to find two more quarterbacks. One of them could be an absolute undrafted free agent, seventh rounder, has a little chance to succeed. But somebody's going to be a name. I mean, they, you know, at some point. Uh, we'll do running backs here and then we'll go to break. Top two are set. I mean, Najee and Warren are going to be the one and two. Now, that leaves Anthony McFarland, Jason Huntley, Master Teague. I don't care about the last two. They'll, they'll come to camp or whatever, see what they can do from there or whatever. McFarland's still intriguing to me. Um, what hurt him a lot last year is he is not a special teams contributor. That's why he was not active as much as you might have thought. But I thought his camp was really strong. I think he learned a lot. But he's not young anymore either. I mean, this guy was drafted in 2020. Before you know it, he's a free agent. So, you know, you, you need to add another back. Now, I have mixed feelings about this. Do you want to add a Benny Snell, either in the draft, the fifth round? It's really, really, really deep running back draft. And there's still a lot of good free agents out. It's a really deep running back free agency class. So maybe a little bit better version of Benny Snell that's big, kind of the same guys you have, maybe a bit of a plotter, but a physical downhill dude. And the key to this is they have to be a good special teamer. Snell is. I mean, that's why he was active over McFarland. Or... Do you roll the dice and, as I've been saying, need more explosive plays, need more explosive plays? Do you get a Darren Sproles type, you know, an undersized, shifty, home run threat, you know, in the fifth round, something along those lines? Or do you still have faith McFarland can do that? Or don't you care and you just want physicality and special teamers and you're not going to invest heavy at this position outside of Najee? But there will be another name added. There'll be somebody that you've heard of or a draft pick that isn't a total nobody, in my opinion. Uh, we'll come back and do the pass catchers and linemen here in a minute. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, the line has been talked about a lot. So on this depth chart, which isn't official, the tackles are Dan Moore Jr. and Chooks. They're the only ones on the roster currently that are true tackles. Could you know, Ciamolo do that? Maybe, but I don't think that's why he was signed. So I think we all expect them to draft a tackle. And I think that they will. I bet that there's a very good chance 
one of their first four picks will be a tackle. And then I'll be very comfortable here. Develop that player slowly. Get him in on six offensive line sets, which I think we'll see more of. You know, Dewad Jones from Ohio State. Somebody like that that needs a little work, but just work him in. That would be tremendous. But maybe it doesn't go that way. And I think you would like to go to camp with four tackles that you think are NFL roster worthy. So I know no one cares about Trent Scott. You know, he's just a guy. He's a jag. I mean, yeah, he is. But if you're a tackle that's played in this league and you don't embarrass yourself out there time and time again, you're going to be on a roster. So don't be surprised if Trent Scott or someone as nondescript as him that's in their fifth year, seventh year, most people in the world have never heard of him, is also on this team because you'd ideally like to have four. And right now they have two. One will probably come in the draft. We've talked about the interior a ton. Here are the names. I think Cole's going to start in the middle. You know, Simalo's going to start left guard. Daniel's going to start right guard. Giving you great depth now with Herbig, Dotson. They also have Kendrick Green. He's in trouble. You know, he had, he was, he'll be in camp, I'm sure. And if he looks like a different player, great. Maybe he's your backup center or whatever, or makes it trading Dotson easier. I've written him off, basically, and anything you get from him at this point is basically gravy. But there is talent there, and I liked him coming out of Illinois, and I thought he was going to be a good pick, and boy, he hasn't. Uh, they also have William Dunkel and Ryan McCollum, neither of whom I care about. Um, Dunkel, I guess, has a chance to stick around, probably as a practice squad type of dude. But I don't think there's any work that has to be done here. You know, if you bring back Haas, okay, but it would be maybe not even guaranteed to make the team, you know. Um Green, as we just talked about, is probably in trouble. Maybe he goes somewhere else and gets a shot, or maybe no one will give you a seventh-round pick for him. But he's he's making or break of time as a, as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, we have talked a lot of tight ends, and I love this tight end class. You have to add a tight end. I would add one pretty high. There's so many good ones. Fryer Moose, number one on the depth chart. Connor Hayward is number two on the death chart. Someone named Rodney Williams, who I don't know who that is, is number three. Those are your only tight ends. So you're going to keep three on the active roster, outside chance of four. Mention Gentry. He's going to be around or somebody like him for the next couple of weeks, probably. No urgency to bring him back. But if you do, I understand it. He played pretty high percentage of snaps. And he's not for me, but at the cost. And I understand if you bring him back. I would love to see a tight end in the top three rounds, but just because, as I've mentioned 8,000 times, you know, the, the, the paint is red, the barn needs painted, paint it red, add a tight end, preferably an inline guy, making Fryer Muth more the move tight end, Hayward more the move tight end. So a 255 to 280, <laughs> the Georgia dude, pound inline tight end to me makes a lot of sense especially if you trade down and you get an extra pick where you have a few more needs, you know, a few more resources to address needs than you do at this moment, you know, but there's so many good tight ends. There's going to be one sitting there in the fourth round that might, might've been a late second in some drafts. You know, I think you got to set yourself up to take one and they played a ton of 12 personnel in the second half of the season with two tight ends on the field. So if you look at that guy, like a starter and I have a lot of hope for Hayward, but, if you look at that guy like a starter, well, he's going to be out there a lot. Don't just settle for a Gentry. I mean, if Gentry's on his roster, draft over him. Yeah, that's my thoughts on it. 
It's also sort of true at receiver. So these are the receivers currently employed by the Steelers. Deontay, Pickens, Austin, Cody White, Anthony Miller, Gunner, and three dudes I don't know well, Bradley Fitzpatrick and Ch- Ch- Chisina, whatever. Those three we're not going to talk about, whatever. They'll come to camp. If they look good, we'll talk about them. Um, Cody White, to me, is not guaranteed a roster spot by any stretch. He is a good special teamer. He's probably a lifetime practice squad, get called up for two games type of dude. Enough said about him. Um, with Sims not on the roster, Gunner's shelf life is expanded, in my opinion. I mean, he's probably your top, he is your top returner right this minute. But I still think I'd rather have the $2 million than Gunner Olszewski. I'm pretty sure that's what he saves if you cut him. Talked about him a lot this year. He's not for me. Um, Pickens and Deontay, of course, are your outside receivers. And Austin and Miller are your slots. And I think Austin can also line up outside. We haven't seen enough of it to prove it, but he sure did at college. Miller could do a little of that, but he's more of a slot. And those top four are fine. They're fine. <laughs> but I'd like them to be really good, you know, or have a tight end that's really good. One more. I'm, I'm greedy for one more pass catcher, whether that's an inline tight end with worlds of ability Jackson Smith and the Jigba at 17. I'm enamored with him. But you might need to add somebody. I mean, all of a sudden, where I that four, Johnson, Pickens, Austin, Miller, what's it look like if Pickens is out one game? What's it look like if Deontay's out eight games? All of a sudden, it's a weakness. I mean, it's, it's a little fragile. We're all banking on Austin to be the star. What was he, a fourth-round pick? He was a fourth-round pick a year ago, and he's small. I love the pick. I still like the player. I liked watching him at camp. I was disappointed we didn't get any Austin rookie tape to really go off of. But do we know he's good? (laughs) We don't. We don't yet. So you better grab one more receiver of note, either a slot that's better than Miller and Austin. Okay, maybe. Or a veteran outside receiver. And that guy, to me, might be... A little bit better version of Darius Hayward Bay. You know, older guy. You know, this offense is still really young. That receiver room is still really young. You absolutely could use a fourth or fifth round pick on a wide out as well. Maybe even earlier if the right guy happens to fall. I still would like to see Boykin back as well because I really liked his special teams. And I don't think he's terrible on offense. So, there's a lot of options there. They're not going to spend money on a guy. You know, they're not going to go get Odell or trade for Hopkins or anything like that, but they might draft one earlier than you think. And I would understand it because I really think leaving a young quarterback short on weapons and guys that can get open and ball winners is a mistake. So I might cut a corner somewhere else to get Kenny one more receiver. And again, that's a tight end or a receiver. That doesn't mean you won't add one of each, you know, but um, I prefer the tight ends just because the available tight ends, when you look at free agency and especially the draft, is much richer than the available wide receivers. So go shopping in those waters, you know. All right, that's a wrap. Uh, we'll do defense tomorrow. Unless something big happens, you know, to interfere with it. But I'll definitely do defense at some point this week, but it'll probably be tomorrow. Thanks. Take care. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.